gonna let people filter in here for a few moments while we finish setting up a last few things. This is a surprise live. Uh, Dylan just got his camera set up, so we can finally let y'all see the money makers, see these beautiful visages before you. In the dungeon, and <laughs> in the, the penthouse. That's hilarious. Actually, just, I didn't even think about that. You're in the, the dungeon floor. over. Yeah, the bottom floor, and I'm in the penthouse all the way at the top. So we are literally on different ends of the spectrum as we come to y'all live. But this, again, as we all know, this is Bacon Broncos Podcast. We are live on Facebook page, The Answer is 42, Twitch at under, or sorry, at the answer is 42 underscore gaming and on Twitter on at underscore the answer is 42. Next week, we'll actually be live on many more channels. I'm going to do this live across every social media platform that we have. So I appreciate y'all that are coming in. I see some chat coming in. I see you there, babe. I appreciate you. Uh, Dylan says, hey, as well. Yes, sir. But to get to business today, we are here to talk Broncos, and we are really doing this surprise live because we had a surprise trade with Von Miller. So we will be talking that. We'll be talking a win for the first time in a month, even though it's probably one of the crappiest wins the Broncos have ever had, the most boring game of the weekend. It was absolutely insane. We have talks about Tim Patrick. We have all kinds of trade deadline discussions to have. So let's go ahead and jump into it and start off with the Von Miller trade, y'all. This was a blockbuster on so many levels. It really caught a lot of people by surprise, but I don't think it really caught me and my boy Dylan by surprise. We've been talking about a trade like this. Von Miller deserves to go to a championship caliber team to at least finish out this contract and maybe the next. So I really like the trade, but I will go ahead and let Dylan give us his thoughts on this trade as well. Yo, I really love the trade. You know, you get the second and the third round for it, which, you know, draft picks, that can be whatever. You know, you're not know, don't know what you're going to get yet. But watching, looking at this trade is, we knew, we've been talking about this for, what, months? We even talked about last year, before we even did the show together, that we, I knew this was his last season, whether it was trade or at the end of the season. But I think, Trading him, you're going to get more from it than letting the contract end at the end of the season. You let that contract end at the end of the season, he's going to get to choose wherever he goes. But with the trade, we're going to get more from it, and he's still going to get his money, and he's going to be, be on a winning team. No, I love Vaughn, right? We all love Vaughn. So with the Who man doesn't? Done, who doesn't love Vaughn? Yeah, anybody outside of Denver doesn't like, like Vaughn, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we love Vaughn. Sad to see him go, but I think it was the right move. No, most definitely. I'm 100% with you. I absolutely love this move. And something about this trade that I don't think enough people are talking about because it's something that, that teams in the NFL do not do is the Broncos are keeping the money. I don't understand why NFL teams don't do this. This is something that's a common practice in Major League Baseball and even the NHL. But for some reason, it seems like no team wants to trade away the player and keep the salary so they can get a better return. They're just willing to take that sixth or seventh round draft pick that a team's willing to throw at them as long as they take on that contract. Really but the big thing was, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's how we got Teddy, sixth round draft pick. 
Yeah, yeah. It's another thing. Nobody really talked about how much of the money that that Carolina is paying, which is the majority, which is what facilitated that trade and got the Carolina Panthers a better draft pick, which is again what Peyton did with Von Miller. He kept the nine million dollars and got a second and third round draft pick for an aging veteran that is essentially a rental player for half a season. This man got two mid-round draft picks for eight weeks of Von Miller. There's no guarantee that Von Miller is going to re-sign with the Rams. Mm -hmm. He can go anywhere. He can even come back to Denver. Like, imagine that. Imagine this man flips him for two draft picks and then gets him back to Denver on a discounted contract this offseason. I mean, would that not make Peyton the GOAT? That would make Peyton the GOAT. And you see, when I look at it like that, imagine the man goes and gets a ring. It's kind of like the Shannon Sharp effect, except with Shannon going to Baltimore, winning a Super Bowl. He still played a few more seasons with Baltimore, but still came back, right? Imagine yeah, same that. kind of situation. Okay, same kind of situation. Man wins a ring in L.A., doesn't re-sign with the Rams, comes back, and who knows, Payne might even pick up somebody else in the offseason that may or may not have rhymed with uh, Raren Rodgers, but... Yeah, and I mean, and think about that, okay? Think that Peyton pulls this move. In the offseason, he's able to bring Von Miller back, go out and trade for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or maybe even Baker Mayfield. I know a lot of people in Broncos country might flip off about that, but Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, y'all. Oh, he's just had Baker. a bad situation. I love Baker Mayfield. I would love to see a new coaching staff that's offensive-oriented come in and see what they can do with somebody like that. But uh, even that's kind of far-fetched. But still, I mean, the possibilities that have been opened by this trade are seriously endless. Because not only could he do that scenario, but he could also hold on to the picks, trade more players, hoard more assets. The Broncos are going to have either the most or one, or at least close to the top of the league when it comes to salary cap room in the offseason. So he can sign whoever he wants. And he can trade for whoever he wants, and he can trade anywhere up or down in the draft. If the Broncos keep playing as poorly as they are, they're going to have a high draft pick, pick to play with in the in the beginning. So, Definitely. I mean, just I'm really excited about what Peyton is doing with this team. And when you, and looking at it that way is, especially after seeing what he did this past offseason, with not what he did in the draft. Well, he did in the draft was kind of great with the uh, picks he found in Javante Williams, the dog who's still not getting the plays he deserves, but we'll leave that for later. And, you know, bringing in Ronald Darby. Uh, who? Oh, I forgot the, who was the other guy in the other corner? Uh, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. And mm-hmm. the man was just the beast in the offseason, just finding all these guys, able to get Teddy for a steal. And that's what's, yeah, that's what's nice. exciting. Yeah, got Bryce Callahan to take a pay cut. I mean, he's been he was the, the best, best corner the Broncos had until he got hurt on Sunday. Oh, God, that was cool. Oh, that was that, that was, was gross, man. Ooh. I can't believe they showed the replay. That Did was gruesome. I feel so bad for that man. What's Did you that? See the Jameis injury? Did you see that picture? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why people get off on things like that. I I'm just like, man, just I don't yeah. need to see. I don't need to see it in detail. Like, no. just tell me what the injury is. I don't, I don't need, it was like when I was watching that Alex Smith documentary and they started oh. showing the graphic, I was like, ooh, I was like, I can deal with some things, but man, that's the that guy's legs right slowly deteriorate on him while he's <laughs> dying. Um, yeah, 
And like people are just like, oh, that's the coolest thing. I'm just like, y'all have some serious issues. Like I'm a crazy guy. I can do some crazy things and I can I've handle a lot. Stuff. Right. Seen some serious stuff, but nah, man, I'm good on all that. I don't need it. But speaking of trades, I did also wanted to bring up, is this possibly one of, or if not the biggest trade, even whether in season, off season, or even across sports, like just in Denver sports in general, is this the biggest trade that has ever happened with a superstar? It's close, right? Especially when I was when I gave you my little teaser earlier. It's close. It's yes. If it's first, if not second, one of the two. But I think my opinion is first is the Clinton Portis or Champ Bailey trade. The I last, do, and in my opinion, it's the last All Star for All Star trade. Last All Star for All Star. You don't see anything like that anymore. Yeah, no, you really, you really don't see anything like that. But I'm actually going to reach back even farther into Broncos history. And I am going to go with the trade that got John Elway to Denver. Like uh, a lot of people yeah. tend to forget that John Elway was not drafted by the Broncos. Was he was cold. traded for. He was exactly, he was drafted by Robert say, and the Colts. And he decided to go play baseball until he was traded to the Denver Broncos. Man, so to me, that is a huge trade. But I mean, I also want to flesh out some other ones because, like, you have, like I said, cross sports. You have Troy Tulowitzki going to the Toronto Blue Jays. You have Nolan Arenado just last year going to the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, you have the Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis trade. And a, th- a thing that I've heard a lot of people talk about with the Champ Bailey and Clinton Portis trade as we bring that up is that they want to talk about Clinton Portis like he was the afterthought in that trade. And they forget, because like even I heard Vic Lombardi this morning forgot that Clinton Portis started his career with back-to-back 1,500-yard seasons. He is the only back to do that. His first two years in the league, this man had 1,500 yards and 10 or more touchdowns in his first two seasons under Mike Shanahan. Because he was coming in after Mike Anderson. Uh, no, he was it Because it was TD no, Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Was he? I thought T, Mike Anderson was after No, because he was a replacement for, for TD. They drafted him in the first round to replace TD. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, because I think Mike Anderson came afterwards. Is that... Because after they no, traded, I was right. So you were right. Nice. Yep. Okay, good. Mike Anderson right. came in after uh, Terrell Davis tore his ACL and MCL. Yeah, that's right. And then they had to go get Portis to replace him because Mike he had Anderson a thousand yard seasons. season. Yep. 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 Because he had that was the run of just street. Mike Shanahan was just picking people off the street and turning them into thousand yard rushers. And so, and I think, and that's why Kevin Stefanski's having so much, so much. Uh, success in the running game over in Cleveland. He runs almost the same zone concept that came from Mike and Kyle Shanahan. So that's why I say Cleveland's kind of turned into Denver East. Is they're really starting, especially after Dearest Johnson and what he's done and just Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like they're pumping them out too. But to get back to that, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the only two trades out of every team like even the Carmelo Anthony trade from the that Nuggets still hurts yeah that hurts a lot but I still gotta say that I think 
the only two that I'm going to take over this trade that are just straight impactful and a player that you absolutely love going to another team. And those are really the only two that I would pick. Like, cause, I mean, Nolan, that was just like, man, just, just get it over with. Hey, rip the Band-Aid off. Get him out of here. Yeah, exactly. You know, like just rip the Band-Aid off and, and let him go. The Troy Tulowitzki was kind of, you know, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, you know, they're not going to sit here and keep that contract. He's getting hurt too much. They're just going to get rid of him. So this one, when it comes to maybe shock value, I think it's caught a lot more people off guard. If and you so there's attention. much more. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a much more emotional and visceral reaction from some people. So I think that's really where, why people are really trying to stick this one at the top, which, yes, it's, it's, it's up there. It's up there. But there's still other ones that are more important. That's why I want to kind of flesh that out. Yeah. You but, know, it's one of those that you look at, you know, it's kind of like when you go back when DT, when they traded DT to the Texans. Right. In that season. But then you're like, you know, I love DT. DT was great. But that one, you did, everybody had been seen coming for month, for weeks at that time. Same with the Emmanuel Sanders. And the fact that people couldn't see the Vaughn one surprises me. I know the man yeah, is yeah. Like the face of the franchise, right? The face of the franchise. That's not going to protect you. Yeah, no. I think I think of where it caught a lot of people off guard is because of what we talked about earlier with the fact that NFL teams don't keep the money. Yep. And so trying to find a trade partner with that old school mentality of whoever takes him has to take the money. A lot of the pundits didn't see it happening because they didn't see Denver keeping that money. So I think that's another reason why things got a little wonky and it caught a lot of people off guard. But speaking of trades, uh, and since we're on it, and you know they've already gotten rid of a franchise cornerstone, why don't we flesh out some more trades? What are some What are some more trades you would like to see? I'll go first, and I will say Melvin Gordon to this. To the uh to uh the Tennessee Titans. Wow, I couldn't remember the team for a second. But yes, Melvin Gordon to the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. I don't care what they give you for him. I, as long as it's a mid-round pick, yeah, just just let him go. Get rid of the con- and even if you got to keep the money, just like in this case, the Broncos ha- still have one of the largest amounts of salary cap room in the league to date. So they could keep his salary for this year because just like Vaughn, he's a rental player. Yeah. His contract ends at the end of the year. So why don't you just get value for him now? If you're going to do it for Vaughn, why not Melvin Gordon? And to a team that's desperate for a replacement. No, is Melvin Gordon Derrick Henry? No, he's not. Yeah. But he is no, still better than a 35-year-old Adrian Peterson, okay? You cannot tell me that Melvin Gordon cannot be more productive than an old, aging running back that has had more tread on his tires than any other running back in NFL history. I don't know, man. That guy is – Adrian Pearson's just something else, man. That man's a specimen. But coming in – but yeah. you're right, though. But you're right. Like, I can't disagree with that. The man is aging. He's an old man in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look at his time in Washington and and, and those other stops. In I Detroit. mean, he was a shell of himself. Yeah, in Detroit, everywhere. He was a shell of himself. They had to limit – his pitch count, his snap count, you know, 
they had to make sure that they didn't overuse him because, again, he's an old man when it comes to NFL standards. I mean, so I don't at see it. how that's not not on the table at least. Yeah, you look at it this way: it's like Adrian Peterson hasn't been the same since Minnesota. That man no. was balling out in Minnesota, and then the ACL tear, and you're like, "Well, that's the like that's his career right there." Man comes back, and what was it like? Less than eight months? Uh, it was like nine months or something months. like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was less than a year. It was the quickest turnaround that any player had ever had because like he and had tore his ACL chaos. in December. Yeah, yeah, over two thousand yards. Tore his ACL in December. Comes back in in September and rushes for two thousand yards. Nine but again, that's why I. Yeah, but that's again why I say yeah. he's got more tread on the tie. You know, he's had more tread worn off than any other player. That man was the Minnesota Vikings. His entire career mm-hmm. in Minnesota, he was the Vikings. There was almost nothing else around that man while he was there. They would just at every snap, just like what they do with Derrick Henry, and why yep. you see him starting to break down. It's a he, he's about at the same age that Adrian Peterson really started, you know, going downhill, and he had that ACL tear. Came back for one year was good, but then the body—I mean, a human body can only take so much. I understand Adrian Peterson's a specimen. Derrick Henry's a specimen. And I know we joke about them not being human, but the reality is these people are human. It's like I was talking about brother-in-law the other uh, a couple weeks ago when he was talking about how the Broncos couldn't get a stop at the end of the Browns game. He's like. Even I know how to dig deep. I'm like, bro, number one, you're not a professional athlete. Number two, you're still human. And yes, you can dig deep and you can find a little extra, but it's always going to be a fraction of what you were when you were rested and ready. Like you're only human. You can only dig so deep. And who knows what that man's been doing since he hasn't been in the league. Who knows how hard and often he's been working out. We don't know. He could be working out every day, running sprints all day, doing drills, or he could just be at home hardly working. Yeah, I but mean, no, I, mean person, I, I don't think he's doing that. Yeah, I, I don't see. There. I was yeah. going to say, I, that man, I mean, he's called all day for a reason. Like, the man, the man just doesn't stop. So I would be surprised if he wasn't out working out. And the fact that he was able to get a tryout and an immediate contract afterwards tells me that he was at least doing something. He yeah. was keeping himself fresh. He might not have been doing and going as hard as he would if he had a contract, but he was obviously doing something for them to sign him so quickly and put him on the active roster and not like the practice squad or something like that. What like Baltimore did with, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. There you go. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. So the fact that he's on the active roster is awesome. And real quick, shout out Trey, Trey, Reese. I love y'all. Thank y'all for, for joining us. But go ahead and give me what give me a trade you would like to see. See, Melvin Gordon's another one. See, that's one, but you already took that. And I gotta think of something. The Melvin Gordon one's just a perfect trade in general. Right. Yes. And you and there's another trade I think you could see that you could take, and it's another offensive player. And I'm gonna have to go, and it's sad for me to say this, you could get some stuff from Tim Patrick. I like where your head's at. I don't like Tim Patrick leaving though. I don't like him leaving though, but Yeah, I don't either. Because he's so he's still young, he's still cheap. Like I like getting rid of Gordon because of the contract. Yes. He's Albatross, he's older, he's a vet. And like uh, Kyle Fuller is another one I would like to see move. He's older, large contract, keep the money, get the picks, 
flip them, and you know you can just start smacking draft picks around uh, in May. And um, oh man, I had another. Oh, hey, what about a Ronald Darby? Because he's on the one year. Yeah, no, he's on a three-year deal. Is Kyle Fuller. Yeah, he got a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. It was Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller was the one year. year. Yeah, yeah that's that's another reason why. Yeah. Uh, but Ronald Darby's not a bad one. No. He's on a really good contract. He's on a really valuable contract, uh, and he's kind of injury prone. So you already have Patrick Sertan. You got Michael OJ Moody coming back. Um, you have uh, Duke Dawson coming back. Duke Dawson. So you have some reinforcements coming back. Like, why not blow this thing up? Like, I think that the win that we all saw on Sunday was more indicated that this Broncos team is going nowhere. I mean, lot. seriously, they do any other team in the league, any other team outside of the four teams they beat, beats that Bronco team on Sunday. Any, I, I don't care who it is you name. I mean, you saw Cooper Rush go out here and go ham for the Dallas Cowboys. You oh. had uh, the the kid White, whatever his, Mike White or whatever his name is. Yeah, speaking of that, I had a meme I forgot to send you before we went on air. Oh, nice. Well, you can go ahead and send that while I talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach, you know, the white kid coming out here making Zach Wilson look like a bust. What's the name about Zach Wilson? Yes. Like, how how did your backup come out and go ham on the Cincinnati Bengals who just blew out the Baltimore Ravens? And, <sighs> and you're sitting on the sidelines like, I see ghosts like Sam Darnold. Like, I don't, I don't get that. But, I mean, it's just – I don't – Get whatever you can. Blow this thing up. The, the Broncos are going nowhere. 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 I don't understand why people think that this, that Sunday showed that this Broncos team can still compete with the best in the league. That makes absolutely no sense to me when you see that this team only scored 17 points. Teddy Bridgewater barely made it over 200 yards passing. On Melvin almost 30 Gordon. attempts. Yeah, Melvin Gordon was looking good. But, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was, was just, barely able to do anything. They weren't rushing touchdowns, though. The one wasn't, I believe. The passing no, touchdown. Yeah, there, one, there was one passing touchdown yeah. and one rushing touchdown. The, and the, passing one is, the one about the passing is, everyone's like, wow, he still looks great. Anybody can look great Where? in a wide-out spot like that. Bro, I'm telling you, like, I don't get where these Teddy trolls think that him compiling garbage time stats against good teams and somewhat compiling decent stats against bad teams makes him a winner. I'm gonna like, give him the. I'm gonna give him the one pass to Cortland down the sideline though. That was, I will give it. That was the. That was the first time I've sat and been like, "Wow, that was a great throw." That is literally the only place. throw Teddy has made. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. It was perfect. I will give the man that credit. But then you also have these guys, and like that's the one thing that these Teddy trolls just grab onto for dear life, bro. I don't understand. Like, why are you dying on this hill with a broken man, broken journeyman quarterback? Like, why are you dying on this? Hill? How is it not enticing? Like, take Drew name, Drew Lock's name off of this, off of it. All right, you just think about a twenty-four-year-old quarterback, rocket arm with four months of tutelage under Peyton freaking Manning. Why is that not enticing? And also has a little bit, has a little bit of experience being the backup now under yeah. a bet that can teach him some things, not a lot of things, but that can teach him some things. 
And he's been humbled. You can't tell me that this experience has not humbled that man. His press conference was my favorite one by far when he found out he was going to be the backup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he showed respect, you know, graciousness, all of those things. And nobody wants to give this man credit for staying out of the news. The man has never said the wrong thing yet. He has never made it about him. Even when they did him dirty in Cleveland and told the man to go out and warm up and get ready for the second half, only to have Teddy limp himself out onto the field and finish the game in an absolute pathetic fashion. Like, what? what is, like, did Drew make that, Fangio mad? Did he did he upset Shermer by telling Shermer the truth that his plays suck? Like I don't I don't understand I why this man Shermer does not get suck. the field. I, I hope he told Shermer his plays suck because God, he's I right. sure do. He deserves it because everybody everybody in the world needs to tell Shermer his plays suck. You can't go run, out there every series. You, yeah, you can't go out every series. <laughs> Run, run, go on a short slant on third and long, and then punt the ball away. Oh, God. And tight end screens and flat routes or sprint outs on third and forever uh, with the tight end. Oh, my God. I never thought that somebody could make me hate a certain type of play the way Shermer has made me hate the tight end screen and the sprint out, a.k.a. flat route. And you I gotta absolutely stop. hate those plays. You gotta stop giving Noah Fant screens and short rats. You gotta put that man down the field like last season, where he was amazing. What, dude? He was he was used perfectly by Rich Scangarello. He yes. had one of the best rookie tight end seasons ever. And when and to to make sure that y'all don't think I'm just hating on Shermer because he's a Bronco, look at L. Evan Ingram. Yep. Both these players are very similar. Evan's just a bit faster and a little, like an inch taller than Noah Fant. He's okay? not as big, though. He's not as bold. No, though. he's not quite as big, but he's also faster. Mm-hmm. So that's like the trade-off. Um, he ran like a 4-3. Noah Fant ran like a 4-5. So it's not much, but still a little bit faster. Evan Ingram was a beast until Pat Shermer took over. Yeah. The two years with Pat Shermer... His production dropped off almost 50%. I don't think he's recovered okay? since. No. Well, he's actually been a bit better. Yeah. Outside of injuries. Outside of injuries, he's been... And outside really of being good. a giant. Yeah, and a giant and bad quarterback play. But then you look at, again, no offense. With Scangarello, he was amazing. Everybody had, you know, the sky's the limit. This guy could be the next Shannon Sharp. You know, great tight end. Break all the records. Then here comes Pat Shermer. Production has dropped almost 50%. So it is not a small sample size. It's not just one player. This man ruins careers. I am officially convinced that Pat Shermer is a professional pro player career ruiner. Like he just destroys careers. This is Grim Reaper, but I have another question for you. While we're on the trade topic, right? Yes. Who do you think you could get? Who do you how, who do you think you could get in a cornerback trade? You could get a cornerback for somebody on this Broncos team. I know there's not I many mean, to choose from. I mean, if I got, are you talking about like? Are we talking like pure fantasy ultimate? You know, this is the guy I would like, or realistic? Realistic. 
Realistic. Realistic. The only play, the only QB I see realistically changing teams in the middle of the season is Deshaun Watson this year. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking the off season. We can get into that too. That's yeah, anybody happen. right there, right? Yeah, you can get just about anybody who you know is on the trading block. What about like, okay? Right now, it's only Deshaun Watson. It's the only player I see changing teams when it comes to quarterbacks. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, and I was I I was thinking about something. You know, it's not something I would realistically love to have on the Broncos, but look at the Jimmy G situation. The Jimmy you know? G situation, you know, with. I know that man's injury prone, very, but when he's on that field, he's a good game manager. Yeah, but especially with the Trey Lance talks, he's still creeping up, and he's still creeping up towards Jimmy G. Realistically, trade deadline, who knows if they trade him or not? There's not a lot of talks. That's yeah, just one no, of those I, I hear you. At. Yeah, I think you know, I wouldn't be mad at that, but I wouldn't want that to be the the long term solution. Like yeah. if, if we're talking about trading for a QB, I want it to be a long-term solution. Like as far as Jimmy G, yeah, is he an upgrade over Teddy? Definitely. Yeah, I would I would definitely say he's an upgrade over Teddy, but I think he's just a rung above Teddy. Like Teddy's here and Jimmy G's like right here. I mean, the man almost he's won like a, a different Bowl. level of game manager. Yeah, I mean, the man almost won a Super Bowl against the Chiefs until they threw him, but still. Yeah, if you put the that's the that's the difference between him and Teddy. Like hit, Teddy, it's not going to matter who you put around him now. He's not going to win a championship. It, he's made that painfully obvious over the last few weeks. But Jimmy G, he's that rung above because you can put the right pieces around him and with the right defense, the right playmakers, he can mm-hmm. take you to a championship. Sorry, is that so that's yeah, I said a text somebody who still uh, has a little bit of copium that Nebraska's good. Oh, goodness. <laughs> what, he, what he it, we had an argument yesterday in our Discord when we were playing games that he was saying how they're good, but they just lose games. And we're like, then these are bad. <laughs> right? I think and they're then, good, but they just lose games? What kind of an us, argument is that? He just sent us a stat that they're on par with one of the top offenses with Alabama and Oregon. I go, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That is that is the greatest trash argument I have ever heard in my life. Really, we, we that came out of a human's mouth. We we, we nicknamed <laughs> him uh, the master debater. The master debater, because he debates everything. <laughs> oh, we have a question from the chat. How can fans push for a new coach? Exactly what y'all did on Sunday. The 11,755 no-shows. George Payne is looking at that. Yeah, he's been, he saw that. I promise you the front office saw that almost 12,000 fans did not show up to the stadium on Sunday because of the absolute refuse of a product that they have put on the field. And so when you look you at guys it, want to know how to change it? Stop going to the games. Don't buy the tickets and don't show up. And you know, in George Payton's, it's not like he's seen it just starting to see it now. The man's been aware of it since he'd taken the job. Oh yeah. Taking the job. Oh, yeah. He's, he's known about it. Payton is Payton is extremely intelligent. That's why I laugh at him. I really like this. I jokes. really like him. Oh, I love I love, I love George him. Payton. I honestly think that outside of the first three years of John Elway. And he could 
far surpassed even that yes. from going Dude. forward. He might be one of the best GM hires. Yeah, no, one of the best GM hires yeah. in the league. And he might turn into one of the best, if not the best GM in the league. The, the eye for talent, the the negotiations. I mean, if you look at the contracts that he's had it's, our guys sign, they are all team friendly. They are all, I can get out of this when I need to. You know, so he's not, he's not jeopardizing the future. He's planning for the future, as you see with the Von Miller trade, as you see with, uh, you know, restructuring of contracts, re-signing of players, getting Kareem Jackson to come back. You know, if the Bryce Callahan contract we talked about earlier, it's everything he does is calculated and it's done deftly. If he can keep this up, I feel like you'll be seeing George Payton in Denver's for many years to come. If he can yeah, keep that of- eye for talent and just knowing how to get them here, just knowing how to bring them to Denver, keep right. it. He's going to stay. He's going to be here for a very long time. You know, everybody yeah, was I like, mean, he's, he's got a six-year contract. Yeah. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. No. Like for, as many people want to be talking about Peyton going somewhere, they're not going to pay this man for four, four, five, six years of not having him. Because unlike players, and a lot of, th- a lot of fans don't realize, Unlike players, all of the front office, all of the coaches have a hundred percent guaranteed contracts. Even if they are fired, unless they are fired for cause, and even then, a lot of times they still get money because a lot of people don't realize, and it's not advertised much. John Gruden got his money. He didn't get the full hundred million that he signed for. Oh, the man, still got a check. That is, he still got a check. Mark yeah. Davis confirmed at the GM at the GM and owners meeting that Gruden still got a check. The man is a racist homophobe, and he still got a check. So if he's going to get a check, don't you you know Peyton's going to get his money? It's the Raider way. Well, it's not their choice. It's the way the contract was. Yeah, you know they 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 gave him as small of a check as they could, but they still by law had to cut him a check. Okay, you see that. When you say a small amount, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a I mean, I say so much. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say small yeah. amount, smaller percentage. We gave as small of a percentage as they could. But again, the man had a hundred million dollar contract, so even ten percent of that is ten million dollars. So there you go. The man still got a big check, and, and on, we all know what he did. Back on the the coaching thing is who's out? Who's a lot of who, who are available coaches out there that you'd like? I can't think of many. I like Brian Dable. I do like Brian Davis. Uh, okay, I thought of him. You know, I thought of Eric the Enemy, uh, but the way that offense looks, that Chiefs offense looks this yeah. year, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm kind of second guessing it. So I'm like, mm, I don't know. We've seen what um, he can do with a lot of talent, and now we've seen what he does with not that much talent. <laughs> exactly. You see that it wasn't the coaching, it was the talent. So definitely. And, um, but yeah, I, I really, my my guy is Brian Dable. What he was able to do with Josh Allen makes me excited to see what he can do with another quarterback, and especially if the Broncos were able to go out and get a top-notch quarterback, even though this might be the worst year since the uh, Jameis Winston draft when it comes to quarterbacks in college. Yeah. I don't I don't know of a number. I haven't seen a true number one overall pick emerge from the college ranks, 
So I am not really high on them going into the draft and get a quarterback. I would much rather see them use the the draft picks they've accrued to trade for a veteran, a disgruntled yeah. one like an Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, etc. And you look um, up when I look at that, it's Brian Dable's perfect, right? Very offensive minded coach. And you know he can bring in a great defensive coordinator, a great defensive team. Like, let's bring up the, I the mean, main guy. Look at him, he can snatch off of that staff in Buffalo. Right? Yeah. You know, I'm sure he knows the next guy that's, you know, under the wings of the defensive coordinator over there and snatch him up or in a quarter and his quarterback's coach. Because a lot of times teams won't stand in the way if you're going to give them a promotion. Like they won't, they won't normally let a coach go if you're going to give them the same position. Yep. But they will usually, you know, let them go for an upgrade. And so. you know, he could even bring in the Wade Phillips, the man who's been sitting at home, wanting to be back in the league. Right, most definitely. But real quick, I see we have less likes than we have people in the in here. So if we could go ahead and hit that like and love button and share and let everybody know, we appreciate it. That's how we make this stuff work, people. We appreciate everything you do. We love y'all. Thank y'all. But anyway, back to away from making money and back into this thing. Like, we really got into the trade. Let's go ahead and talk about this re- this ridiculous win. I guess you you have to call it because yeah. they did win. You better talk Broncos. about Peyton Manning stuff first. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and let's talk about the Peyton Manning stuff, you know. That was fun. It was nice. This is, the, this is the biggest thing of why it's so disgusting to me is that this is the second time that the Broncos have inducted a person into their ring of fame. Last time it was Mike Shanahan, and this time it's Peyton Manning. And the Broncos absolutely go out there and lay an egg after honoring one of their greats. Like, how infuriating does that, does that have to be for Peyton Manning? Because you see how angry he gets on Monday night when it comes to bad quarterback play. Could you imagine being next to him in the stands? Oh my goodness. Could you imagine Peyton going off? Oh, he that would be up. great. That would be great. Oh, but but speaking of Peyton being inducted into sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. speaking of Peyton being inducted into the ring of Peyton, we won't we won't focus on the negative. What was your favorite Manning moment? <sighs> There's quite a bit right there. I mean, four years is a lot. Oh no. Yes, there Why not torching the, the Ravens with seven touchdowns was pretty great. When he chewed Julius's Julius out on the sideline, that was pretty nice. <laughs> that same yeah. game. But if I had to go with, I think, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you two, but my main one will be seven touchdowns against Baltimore. And I'm going to go with a good one. The AFC Championship in 2013 before Super Bowl 48, when they just lit up the Patriots. And then they go on to lose the Super Bowl, right? But we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> That's that's yeah, we're, we're talking about what happened after that. Yeah. Yes, that we're about the game was great. where they lit up the Patriots. Something we've never definitely. seen before in an AFC championship against the Patriots. Yeah, they, they just absolutely mollywopped them in that championship. I would those are two really good moments. I think mine is actually a little bit of an obscure one, but one that we all know. It is when he broke the touchdown record to Demarius Thomas. Oh, in and or was that the yeah, San Francisco? I think it was San Francisco. Yeah. I know it was Demarius Thomas that caught the ball. And uh, afterwards, they did what everybody thought 
was a spontaneous keep away game from Peyton Manning. And the reason I love this moment so much is because, as it turns out, that spontaneous game of keep away was not spontaneous. Peyton Manning is so calculated, he planned that moment. <laughs> he planned the keep away with the players, with the, with the receivers. So that's, that's what I loved about Peyton Manning. Nobody outworked him, and nobody was more prepared. The man was prepared for celebration, okay? For, for, for breaking records, the man rehearsed a celebration that was supposed to be spontaneous. I got a that great off-field is one. how prepared that man was. I got a great one. He used to sell in the Broncos. It was an off-field. It was, I think it was going into the 2013 season, that same season, and they were going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and Wes, DT, and Eric Decker all came in in just pads and pants and no shirts. And oh yes! Picture. Yes. And hey, y'all take a jersey off. Yes, it. that was a that's a great one. Yes, that right there were. And what's funny is, is like for a man that has a six pack, I've never seen a man with a six pack be so scared to take off his shirt. Like nobody knew that Peyton Manning had a six pack until he retired, and somebody caught him on a, on a beach somewhere. That was insane. Like, I've, that tells you how humble that man was, too, yeah. to begin with. Like, to think that the man was embarrassed to take his shirt off, even though he shouldn't have been. Like, I, sh- I could be embarrassed about taking my shirt off. Yeah. That's, that's okay. i got a dad I earned that thing. I earned that after all those plates that my kids didn't finish, and I just grabbed them. You know, that's how you get a dad bod. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> you know, you're not going to finish that? No, I'll take it. No, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Exactly. You can ask my kids. They're in the chat right now. This is how it works. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I, there's just again, again, like you said, it's, there's so many moments. It's like every time you start talking about one, another one comes to your mind. You're like, man, that was really good too. So yeah, I think we got some pretty good moments in there. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to another one. It's a little less cheery. Has Sherman replaced Josh McDaniels as the most co- hated coach in Broncos history? It's got to be close, right? It's getting there. I, I think he's taken it. I think he's taken it. I think these last four weeks have officially put him over the edge. Because at least we only had to deal with Josh McDaniels for, what, a year and a half? Not even, right? Yeah, I don't think he made it through the half. I mean, he didn't even make it through the, the halfway mark of the next he got year. Fired after the he was like game four or five that that uh, Bowen fired him. Yeah, he got so, fired after the yeah. London game against uh, the Niners. Yep, yep, that because was it. You got it. Them. Yes, that's what it was. It was. It was. God, it remember Andy told us that? Oh yes, we'll keep we'll keep that internal. But yes, that that was that was insane. When we got the inside scoop on that, man, I, I wish I could share that with y'all, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure he wanted to share that. Story. Oh, no. So we'll, that was, we'll leave that tease for oh. y'all. Yeah, but yeah, that was, that was absolutely so glad we had an insider for a while. That and the Tim Tebow situation with people knocking on the door talking about I, Dub Valley people. People were literally going to Dub Valley because they thought Tim Tebow lived in Dub Valley at the headquarters and were knocking on the door talking about, we need to speak with Brother Tebow. That is why Tebow is not a Bronco. 
So for all of you that were wondering, oh, did did Elway hate Tebow? No. Elway loved Tebow, but he hated his fans. So all of you Tebow maniacs, you're the reason Tebow got traded. And okay. the reason we got Peyton Manning. I love you guys. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. We love you guys so much for helping us get rid of Tebow and getting us Peyton Manning. We love you all so much. Great time. Love you. Love you. Love you all the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Bro. That's when DC yeah. became famous. So, oh. Yeah, I think we're at a consensus. Pat Shermer has replaced Josh McDaniels as the most hated coach in Broncos history. Yeah, I can't so, believe Now else. that we have that confirmed. And you've already talked about this. Tim Patrick leads the team in receiving again. Mm-hmm. So you've already talked about trading Tim. So let's go to the offseason. Who do you choose? Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton? So because uh, we're I we're gonna I'm gonna go on a limb here. We're probably not gonna get both. No, we're no gonna they're both gonna get paid. They are both going to get paid. But I'm not sure. You gotta choose one or the other. Yeah, but I'm not sure by 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 if one of them goes, someone's gonna get paid somewhere else. Someone's gonna get paid in Denver. Yeah, they're both getting paid. One's gonna get paid in Denver. One's gonna get paid somewhere else because they they can't sign both because you got to keep money for Judy and possibly Fant if you can get an offensive coordinator to use them properly and possibly a future quarterback in the future. You know, you gotta you gotta think possibly about these things. <laughs> yeah, possibly bringing Vaughn back. You know, maybe maybe you don't maybe you. Don't sign one of the wide receivers so you have the extra money to bring Vaughn back with coupled with a Aaron Rodgers yeah, or you know, something of that nature. There's upsides to both yeah. of them and there's downsides yeah. to both of them. The upside to yeah. Patrick is he's reliable. Yeah. He's always reliable. Exactly. He's gonna show up every week and he's gonna catch anything that touches his hand. And that's the same but the thing about Cortland is the man is amazing on the deep ball. Even if he's getting over or underthrown, the man's going to catch that ball one way or another. Yep. And but the thing about Cortland is the knee. I haven't seen the knee act up yet, though. The knee's not looking. He's he's looking like the old court. That's why I bring this question up now. Is because if it was earlier in the season, I think it'd been pretty easy. But like, I think we're going to stick with Timmy because Cortland's yeah. looking a little sketchy. But now Cortland is Cortland. Yes. I mean, the man is a freak of nature. He's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Runs a four five forty. Like he runs right? like a gazelle. He jumps like a freaking kangaroo. I mean, it's insane what the man can do physically. Yeah, but he does have a tendency you. to have a few drops. Yeah. Every now and he gets the dropsies every once in a while. Like he'll make those incredible catches. Like the diving catch on the deep ball in Pittsburgh, um, or the catch yet this past Sunday on that bread basket throw from Teddy Bridgewater, you know. So he will make those amazing. Or if you really want to go back, that one, that stupid one-handed catch. I think it was against Houston, where he went up. It was Drew Lock. I think it was uh, oh, sure. it was Houston. It was, was in the end one hand. It was the Chargers. It was the Chargers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. one-handed catch as he's as he's flying full. And then we had another against the Browns. Yes. That's when we were doing our show in school still. Because we watched that highlight yes. for hours. Over and over and over and, and over again. Yeah. They got second, number two on catch of the year. It was bowl. Right, yeah. You know, it was, it was it, a simple toe touch in the end zone in a playoff game. From, I know. Uh, from the I know. Titans. 
Yeah, code drag swag. I, I get I get that that's impressive, but I, it is much more impressive to make a full Superman one-handed grab while you being pulled. And only use one hand the whole time. He, the man never touched the ball with his other hand. He just he's getting grabbed. And he's able to keep grabbed. it from touching the ground. And I mean, just, it was insane. I don't understand how that was not number one. The Trevor was grabbing him while he was diving. He had the hold of his arm, so he was going out. I know! Yeah, he had no chance to use this to use the other arm, so he only had one hand to make the freaking catch, and he still did it. And he like, made it a was absolutely insane. He made a Pro Bowl with a thousand yard season with three different quarterbacks that season. Right, right. A lot of people don't even talk about that. Like the man made a Pro Bowl with three quarterbacks. I bet y'all could not name all three of. Them. I can name I'm not two. Even sure. I could name two Joe off Flacco the top Drew. of my head. I forgot the other guy. Yeah, Joe Flacco drew. And um, God, was it Dr- Jeff Driscoll? No, it wasn't Driscoll. No, that was, was 2020. Uh, this was 2019, 2020. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I can't. I'm yeah, I see. I can't even tell you who the third quarterback is. <laughs> but yeah, we got we got two. We were just him to Tim Tebow after he left the Browns. Yes. Ah oh, man, I can't remember. But anyway, speaking of, we're gonna look that up. We'll go ahead and move on to the Broncos. Big does come up big. Twice at the end of the game, is that really an accomplishment? Of you know, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yes. The other Bible thumper. There we go. There's Please. only two of there's only two of the quarterbacks that have started since that have a winning record, and it's Trevor Simeon who went 13 11, and Brett Rippon who went one and zero. Yep. That's it. That's all. That's the only Broncos quarterbacks that have a winning record. How, okay, I want to talk about this. How about Simeon coming in yesterday for Jameis Winston? Bro, did I mean, that made me happy. It, it did, but it really reminded me of Teddy in, in New Orleans. Like, him yeah. and Teddy are essentially the same player. Simeon just has a little bit better arm. I was just a so, Simeon fan because he was Kubiak's guy. I love Simeon. He was yeah. Kubiak's guy. Look what he did with Kubiak. Yeah. Oh yeah, under under Kubiak, he looked great. And then they I bring mean, honestly, Vance Joseph, who loves Paxton Lynch. I don't know why. I don't know why anybody ever fell in love with that man. Like I understand he had some physical tools. He was like six foot eight and still ran a four five forty and had a with him was an arm manager. I mean, he, Paxton Lynch was. He had no interest in football. No, he. The only thing he had interest in football was in college. It got him into the good party, and he got a he got to date the pretty girl. Basically, Jamarcus right. Russell. Yeah, just a skinny version of Jamarcus Russell. Exactly. <laughs> he did not care about football. He cared what football gave him. He Man didn't actually care about the game. Watch blitz packages. Dude, yeah. Oh my god. And the man admitted that he would instead of going home and reading the playbook, he went home and played Madden. He would put the plays in Madden and then play Madden like that would teach him something. Like, yeah, I'll give him you really try to use it as a tool. He's an innovator. I'll give him that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a little bit of an innovation, but I mean, what happens? Yeah. I mean, you're, and on top of the, what happens if somebody hacks your system? And let me, and somebody's got the playbook. And you know what? And <laughs> that is just a trash game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you're out playing it just, whatsoever. No, it's not. I mean, I was playing it yesterday, and my receipt, I threw a hot pa- a bullet pass. It hit my receiver's helmet and landed in the second row. 
That is not a realistic simulation, people. Yeah, I it's just a <laughs> you good one? Uh, I sure. was playing, this is on Madden 20. 21, this is 21, and uh, my offensive lineman was trying to block, and Aaron Donald just ran through him, like just phased through him. <laughs> like glitched through him, like that's no way to touch him. He was great. a ghost and just ran through him. I was like, yeah, that's like, um, I pulled a, I pulled a uh, Javante Williams the other day. And my, my, my son and my wife were watching me. I was, uh, cause I was playing, uh, their, uh, their version of Road to the Show where you like play a character that comes from college. Oh, and you get yeah, the, was, the face of the um, franchise. Yeah, face of the franchise. There you go. I love that movie. Yeah. And so, you know, you get drafted by, uh, the Jaguar first overall. So I was playing with them. I had James Robinson. Okay. I trucked through the entire, de- like literally they were around my guy. The entire defense, all 11 guys were circling my guy, and somehow I was able to truck through that entire defense and score a touchdown. Like, please tell me where that's realistic. It's one thing if it's like in Javante Williams where he had one guy carrying him down the field, and then uh, when four guys were on him, he went down. But nobody's trucking 11 guys. I don't care who you are. You're not trucking 11 guys, especially when they have you dead stop. Okay, yeah. so again, that was not a realistic way for him to learn the playbook uh, at all. So, and yeah, devil packs in this thing is just absolutely insane to me. But I want to get to one other qu- uh, question here, real quick, before we wrap up with our preview and predictions. Again, the Broncos D comes up big twice. Now, is that an accomplishment since it's the Washington football team? I mean, you know, okay, I'll give him this. God, Taylor Heineke is one of my favorite players in the league right now. Man's story is amazing. He's balling out. Doesn't have a great team around him to ball out and still look what he's doing out there. And But, you know, the offense should be thanking the defense for what they did. For that they moment, really should. Melvin Gordon fumbling it and giving it to them in the red zone and getting bailed out by Justin Simmons again. You got to be thanking that man in the defense. That should not have happened. The defense should not be getting the praise it is right now because of Melvin Gordon fumble. His first of the season, and look what it did. Yeah, what I think Broncos country really needs to think is the right side of the Washington football team's offensive line. Their entire right, like nobody really talked about this, the entire right side of their line was hurt. They had a backup center, a backup guard, and a backup right tackle. And before the end of the game, they had a backup left guard. So the only starter that they started the year with left on their offensive line is their left tackle. So let me go ahead and give you some numbers to show you just how pathetic this Broncos win was and why the Washington football team actually played better than the winning team. Listen, they they had more first downs, 21 to 17, more passes for first downs, 14 to 10, tied for the same amount of rushes for first downs, 6 to 6. They each had... A uh, penalty for a first down. They were they had more total yards, 342 to the Broncos, 273. They ran 17 more plays, 68 to the Broncos, 51. They had more net yards rushing, 112 to the Broncos, 83. They had more rushes. The losing team ran the ball more than the winning team. Yeah, I'm not Stephen Dudley though. Yes. 
I do love him, and I actually tweeted it. I said, welcome to Broncos country, Stephen Weatherly. You and your Mad Max glasses are welcome anytime you would like to get a sack. And when you look at that, now when you look at it, I saw this before the Von Miller trade, right? I'm like, wow, they're really about to get rid of Von now. You bring in Stephen Weatherly? Yep. That means Von's gone. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty big sign, you know, bringing in all the linebackers because it wasn't just the trades. They signed a couple of outside yep. linebackers, put some on the practice squad. So you could tell that they were there was something going on in the background if you were really paying attention. But I mean, really, honestly, the front seven is what won this game for the Broncos. Yep, they should be the thanking my man. Pressure. They should be thanking my man Shelby Harris. Two block field Shelby goals. Harris. Malik Reed. Malik Reed. I mean, the list. Draymond Jones. On. Draymond Jones had a good game. He yes. finally showed up. Um, Justin Simmons, seven tackles, two interceptions, 24 yards on those interceptions. Defense had five sacks on the day. Yep, five sacks for the Broncos. But the Washington football team had four. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm saying the Washington one. football team should have won this game. They yeah. just didn't want to. Like, I swear that they were like, no, we don't want to win this game. We need a higher pick. Because as much as I love Taylor Heineke, I think he's a top-tier backup. I love his athleticism. I like the, I like his arm, but his accuracy scares me. And watching so the, spotty. And watching that game, you know, it reminded me of so much of a game from last year against Miami. That same situation. We gave him the ball back in time. But instead of uh, having two out there, they brought back in the boy, Fitzmagic, to drive down the field just to throw an interception. Right, just to, just to do Fitzmagic stuff. But, I mean, and another person I don't think people have talked about enough is how about the rookie, Baron Browning. The man mm-hmm. in his first ever start gets the green dot, has to line everybody up, and leads the team in tackles with he- eight total tackles. I love the way – there was sometimes he was spot, a little spotty in coverage, but I think that had a lot to do with just he's just young. He did and an amazing he job. He acts this fast, but his athleticism is top notch. He had an amazing day. He did a great job, and you know, you never know. The man could be staying like that for the remainder of the. Se- he'll be there for the remainder of the season, and he could be. Oh yeah, he will. next year. Yeah, he. I mean, he could win a starting job. He, he can hide Johnson how much that hurts for me to say, but. I think he's going to be a cap casualty mm-hmm. uh, this offseason after the injury and everything. So, yeah, I I think they're really looking at these young linebackers, giving them the rest of the year to see what they are. Justin Stranod and Baron Browning have the opportunity to Wally Pitt both. Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. Yeah. Because Josie Jewell is due for a new contract. And I'm sorry, as much as I love Josie, I'm not giving him another contract. And the man's go too back into the draft. Every year, there's amazing inside linebackers there that you can take. I haven't seen oh, yeah, him this year. Uh, the kid from uh, Alabama, that inside I can't remember his name right now. But I oh, really like that. Is he the big guy? No, he's the, the smaller. The smaller. He's smaller? not. Well, He's still 230 pounds, but yeah, he's smaller yeah, than the, of, the big guy. Of one of their linebackers, he's that big guy that's like six seven. Yeah, I like that kid too, but I'm not sure if he's dra- is he going into the draft this year. I'm not sure. I thought he, he was a sophomore. 
I thought he was a sophomore. If he's if he's in the draft, then yeah, I would definitely be looking at that too. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think middle linebacker is like the defense's version of a, a running back. Like you're either going to get the really elite guys at the top of the first round or the middle of the first round, or you're going to get a steal like a Fred Warner in like the third or fourth round. You really so, need to find they three really need to find somebody that can cover tight ends. Yeah, and I think that's why they drafted Darren Browning because if you look at his RAS score, which for those of you that don't know what a RAS score is, RAS, and it's essentially taking all of the measurements from the combine and showing just how much more athletic a certain player is than the rest of the people of the players in their position. And his RAS score, like it's from a scale of zero to ten. Zero being bad, ten being great, and yeah. he had he had something like an eight point nine RAS score. High up there, yeah, way high up. That's elite. Like he had the highest RAS score since like I think it was C.J. Mobley. Oh man, out of college, yeah. So it, he has the athleticism. Everybody was just worried about his injury history, which we've seen crop up already and even showed up on Sunday because he had to go on the sideline for a few plays and get some treatment, which hopefully it was just a cramp and it wasn't something that's going to linger for him. It's getting colder. That was scary to see. Yeah, it's getting colder, cramping, you know, especially for these guys who aren't used to this cold weather in Denver. And the dry air. Yeah, the dry air, a mile above sea level, you know, they're going to start getting used to how it it feels to play in Denver. And this is, again, the first time the man's ever played at altitude, so I'm sure he probably had some hydration issues, so we're gonna. We're just gonna. The fact that he came back and played and again led the team to tackles tells me that it wasn't anything serious and it was something he was able to overcome. And hopefully that stays that way. But I mean, just that. That like I said, that front seven. Yeah, Baron Browning. Yeah, Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris that we mentioned. You know, and then you had the safety step up. Green Jackson was second on the team with seven tackles and tied with Justin Simmons who had seven tackles again. Two interceptions by Simmons, both in the end zone. Uh, stopping touchdown drives or potential touchdown drives, another two pass defense on top of that. So even though this team stepped up and the defense stepped up and it looked great, I'm still thinking that this Broncos team being rated in the top five or top 10 in almost every category is just a bit overrated mm-hmm. because there was at times that Taylor Heineke was able to go up and down the field without resistance. And that yeah. the undrafted free agent Jarrett Patterson looked really good again a week after we saw another undrafted free agent go ham. And again, the the Washington football team still outrushed this Broncos team. They had more rushing yards and attempts than the Broncos did. And again, they lost. But yet we still can't get Pat Shermer to run unless it's stupid. Like at the end of the game yeah. where they run, fumble, get the ball back. Yes, three kneels, three kneels and punt. For all you idiots out there that are trying to defend them by saying, oh, they had their timeouts, you couldn't kneel. Yes, you can. You can kneel three times and punt. That is perfectly legal to do in the NFL. Yeah, you put it deep into their territory and what, it would have been like, what, 30-something, less than 30 seconds? No, it would have been like maybe 10 to 12 seconds left. Yeah. Even if they used every timeout immediately after each play, because they only had two timeouts left at that point. So, and there was two more plays. They had third, they had second and third down to go. 
all they had to do was kneel it two more times, kill all their their timeouts, pin them deep because Sam Martin was going off yesterday mm-hmm. and looked great as the punter. I mean, it's kind of sad, sad to it's think sad that you, one of the you, you don't really want to be giving him praise, but my God, the man can punt a ball. The punter, the punter was looking good yesterday. That's how pathetic this game was that we got to talk. We got to give kudos to the punter for being one of the best players on the field. You know, that's, okay? how the, that's, that's how the playoffs how was. This game was. I mean, that's how the playoffs was in 2015. Man, Brandon McManus is kicking bombs in, in I know, it was just yarders. Throwing <laughs> up man. everything. Because that was when he was in that, that midst of that record uh, streak of like, 40 or some odd 50 plus yard field goals, but yet he couldn't yeah. make anything less than 40. And then he missed it was so weird. in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that was his thing. It was like he could hit the 50 plus yarders, but if you got him any closer, like he couldn't hit it for some reason. Yeah. For like a year there, it was really weird. Hey, he missed but his first one I yesterday, think... and I, I was like, wow, I forgot he hadn't missed one this year yet. It threw right. me off hard. Yeah, nope. yeah, he, is, he has been Mick Money again. It's been wonderful to see, but. I the only remaining Super Bowl member. Yep, the only remaining Super Bowl member of, of the 2015 team is the Gooch Master. And I think we've consternated enough about that one. Let's go ahead and move on to next week as we draw to the end of this wonderful live. Again, thank you all for showing up and coming in and interacting. We love you all. But let's go ahead and move on to next week where these Broncos have to go to the 6-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, who just mollywhopped a team with their backup quarterback and will more than likely have Dak Prescott back. I love this Dak, part man. Of I've seen. And, I mean, this is, a, this is wow, these injury, these injury lists look a lot like the Broncos-Browns game. Uh, Broncos have a lot of players. One, two, three, four. There's 12 Broncos on the injured list, and there are 13 Cowboys on the injured list currently, oh. ranging anywhere from a concussion to an ankle. Uh, let's see. And the better be crushing some watermelons before the game. Right, yeah. And, I mean, it, and it's not like it's just a bunch of no-names because you got uh, Demarcus Lawrence is on IR. Brent Urban, the end, is on IR. Maurice Kennedy, one of their cornerbacks, is on IR. Mike Michael Gallup, the former CSU Ram, is really on injured reserve. Yep, he is an IR, left calf strain. Went on 9-13. Then you have Josh Ball, one of their tackles, offensive tackles on IR. Wow, this IR list is ridiculous. Sean McKeon is on IR. You have Neville Gallimore on IR. Francis Bernard. Rico Dowdy, Hunter Niswander, Siwo Oh, I'm not even going to try that name. Reggie Robinson II and Mitch Hyatt are all on the IR for the Cowboys. And then for the yeah. Broncos, you got Micah Kaiser, Andre Mintz, AJ Johnson, KJ Hammer, Bradley Chubb, Josie Jewell, Michael Oje Mudia, Andre Killen, or Adrian Oje Mudia is close to coming back. Yeah, OJ Mudia is close, and it looks like they've already taken Duke Dawson off. Oh, he okay. is not on the injured list right now, but you will most likely be adding Bryce Callahan to that list oh. after that nasty, nasty one. I mean, I mean, the list goes on and on here. So the Bryce Callahan was really good this week. Yeah, but the fact that I don't see Dak Prescott on this injured list, you know, it. 
it makes me feel good because I love Zach Prescott. I love, I love Zach Prescott. But it means it's very bad for Broncos country. And why is it very bad? Because this is one of the best offenses in the league with Dak Prescott. They are third in passing yards, second in rushing yards, first in total yards, third in points per game. And the only thing that they're middling in is time of possession, but that's just because they score ridiculous amounts of points and on very short drives. Yep. So the only thing that the Broncos offense has on the Dallas offense is time of possession. Because when you look at the Broncos offense, you have them 18th in passing yards, 20th in rushing yards, 21st in total yards, 24th in points per game, but then they're 8th in time of possession. So they're really good at holding on to the ball for very long. They just don't score, as which is the exact opposite of this Cowboys offense. And unlike this week where you had a team with a really good defense but a bad offense, this team also has improved dramatically on the defensive side, especially with Trayvon Diggs out here snatching every pass that comes his way and taking it to the house, which is more than likely going to happen around this country. I'm just going to give you that heads up. Be ready for a pick six. With the way that Teddy be throwing the ball around, Trayvon Diggs is going to get his hands on one. So you have the Broncos are rated better in just about every category, category defensively, if I could talk, outside of uh, rushing yards against and um, sacks. Or no, they are better in sacks. So, yeah, rushing yards against the, the Dallas Cowboys have them. But again, I do think that this Broncos team is overrated. And the fact that Ron Miller's not coming back, Mike Purcell is still hurt. You got Draymond Jones that was taken off the field. That front seven is going to get a lot lighter. Ezekiel Elliott just might feast in this game. Yeah. So, before yeah. I go too much deeper into this, I'm going to let Dylan take over and give us his prediction and preview of the Cowboys. All right. You know, I'm. Like we said, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan, but I hate the Cowboys. Uh, no, America's team, Jerry Jones can like, uh, you know, words I'm not going to say. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But you go into this game, Broncos have a pretty good chance, I feel like, if they come in with the right play calling and if the defense is really going to show up like they did this past week and like they had to. Justin Simmons, you know, Justin Simmons played great, but those were two free. One of them was a free interception. The other one was not. But the defense has got to play top tier like, they, like they've been trying to, like they have been. And then offense has just got to get on a roll. Just got to get on a roll. <clears throat> I'll take Broncos in a close one, I'll say. Ooh. You know, if, 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 this is, if they lose, this might be the last time I'll take them, but Old prediction. I like it. I'll go. I'm going to get this game. I'm going to say this is because their defense is pretty good up there in Dallas. It's nothing to, no joke of a defense. Especially yep. the back end. Yep. They always have great, they always have great players on that defense. So I'm going to take this close to another defensive game. Going to go 24 20. No, not 24 21. We'll take this game 21 17. 21-17. That's not bad. I like the bold prediction. I am definitely not going your route. Cry. I know. I know if it doesn't happen, I'm done. I'm done with them. Right. Even though, I mean, maybe I'm pulling the reverse jinx. Because when I said that they were going to lose to the Browns, or I'm sorry, when I said the Browns were going to lose, the Browns won. When I said the Broncos were going to win, 
They lose when I say they're going to lose. They win. Like last week, just yesterday, I said they were going to lose to Washington because I thought they would look the defense would look as paltry as they did against Cleveland. So again, that seems to be a theme. Uh, you know, people want to talk about how this defense did so great against Washington football team. They did. This is a whole different beast. Jarrett Patterson and J.D. McKissick are not Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Terry McLaurin and Cam Sims is not Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and company. That Ricky Seals-Jones is not, uh, what is that today, Dallas, whatever, um, uh, the Dallas tight end. Oh, man, his name just stopped me. Uh, wherever is tight end. Yeah, their tight ends are better. Their offensive line is better. Yeah, their offensive line is a is a beast. You know that is much stronger and better than the Washington football team is. So, <laughs> oh, actually, this is actually fun. I'll put this up because I'm just about to do it. What do you all predict the score will be? <laughs> what up, man? How you doing, bro? I know my watch is well, gonna come here back we and go. Me ass. Right. So. I am going to, again, pick against these Broncos because, again, this is on the road against a actually good team. Hey, and as we have seen, I for them, too. Right? Right? Hey, hey, hey we're, try, we're trying it both ways. You're going to pick for them. I'm going to try the reverse jinx. I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys in an absolute shutout. Uh, or not a shutout, sorry, just a shootout. And uh, they're just going to destroy the Broncos. I shouldn't even say shootout. I should say just an absolutely dominating performance. I oh, think wow. Trayvon Diggs is going to have multiple picks. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to have at least one pick six. And I think that that offense is going to absolutely mollywop the Denver defense and show just how overrated they are. Ezekiel Elliott's going to go for over 100 yards. Both Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb are going to have He's over 100 yards. They are everybody going to eat. Dallas is going to win this one 35 to 14. That is my prediction. All right. So, so that is what it is. So real quick, before we go ahead and wrap things up, just to give you all another little heads up of what's going on here. You see us live. This is going to be our new normal for all of you. I'm also going to take this audio and put it up as a podcast for y'all. So you will have that. So if you don't have time to watch us, you can still listen to us. So that's why we try to stay as descriptive as we can. That's why. Yeah, finally got a cam. So so now we can actually do the lives. And we will be live on everything a week from now. Yes, it is going to be a Broncos bloodbath. I agree right here. Um, but we are going to be live everywhere next week. Right now, we are only live on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Next week, we will be live on not only the Facebook page, but my personal Facebook page. We will be live on LinkedIn. Um, we will be live on uh, two other places. I can't think of the places right now. But anyways, we'll be live literally everywhere coming up next week. Yes, so no matter how you get your information from us, no no matter how you watch us, you will be able to find us. You you are not going to have to search for us. So if you just have, you know, you're just getting us to us from Twitter or you're getting to us from Twitch or Facebook, that's fine. We are going to continue giving you content on those, and you don't have to search for this. One of the reasons why I'm doing this is because I've had so many people like, oh, I can't find this link or I can't go here. Well, I am going to come to you, okay? You don't have to worry about coming to me. 
I am going to come to you. So we're going to be doing this and I'm going to be starting up more podcasts. So we're not just going to be doing the one weekly. Uh, they're not all going to be with Dylan. Unfortunately, I know y'all like him or whatever, but he's got a life and he's got, you know, bills to pay and stuff. So, so, I'm gonna be, weekend, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I will be starting um, also a, we're going to be moving the answer 42 to the flagship. This is, that is going to actually, I'm a, I have a co-host. That's why I'm going to go ahead and, and announce this. It's my uh, brother-in-law, Sam, the one that I'd be talking about being the Teddy stand. But we're not going to be talking about sports. The answer is 42 is going to be everything but sports. Because I am really getting tired of people telling me to shut up and dribble. Okay? It's kind of funny for y'all to tell a white guy to shut up and dribble. Okay? So, guess what? Hey, guys, I'm going to make a damn show about it. So, y'all can kiss my behind. I'm not going to stop the political talk. I'm going to make a whole show about it just for you lovely people that love well, we still need. We still need, a, we still need to talk about the deck. Yes, we. Do. Yes, that is something we will talk. Uh, that's why I'm not really going too much into detail here because mm-hmm. we haven't worked out all the details. But that one I have, we're going to start recording the Answers 42 on Saturdays, and we will be uh, premiering it on Sundays. I know that sounds funny to be doing in the, in the football season, but again, that's for a whole different audience. And so oh. that's how it's going to work. But yeah, it's going to be me and my brother-in-law, Samuel Flanagan. For those of you that are on my Twitter, that is the guy that I always be going back and forth with about the Teddy <laughs> situation. That is my co-host. The that's one that says, who me? Sambo305. That is going to be my co-host for The Answer is 42. And um, I also have another little co-host. He is probably the cutest co-host I have. Sorry, Dylan. He, he has replaced you. That is my nephew, know, Weston. <laughs> that is my nephew, Weston. Me and him are going to start a little podcast. With, he is nine years old. He is autistic, but a savant when it comes to sports information. And he just loves sports. So we're going to get him on the camera. Chiefs fan. And talk sports. Yes, he is a chief. He is the chief. Yes. My sister destroyed him at an early age, but it's mostly Mahomes. Like it broke his heart when Mahomes went down and got knocked out. It was so cute. I felt so bad oh, for the kids. God, Weston, that hit was I know you're brutal. gonna listen to this. Yes, Weston, I know you're gonna listen to this. So I am saying this now. We are going to start this Saturday. Me and you are gonna record our podcast. Okay. So I love you, buddy. I look forward to it. And I know everybody else is gonna be looking forward to that as well. So again. Make sure you're following us somewhere. Like I said, I don't expect y'all to follow us everywhere, but follow us somewhere. Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I mean, we'll be live on Instagram. There's the, there's the another one that I forgot. So, yeah, we'll be live on Instagram YouTube everywhere. Channel. Yes, I, and YouTube. There we go. That's the other one. Thank you. All right. Um, the only reason we're not on YouTube right now is because i got to wait another 24 hours for them to approve me for live stream. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that's the only reason we're not on YouTube. But next week, we will be on YouTube. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel. Just type in The Answer is 42. It'll bring you right to our channel. Hit that nice little subscribe button. And I need to stress this. And I know y'all probably hate hearing it, but it's because of the algorithm and this is how we make money. Please share. Likes, comments are great. But please share. Anytime you see anything of ours, just share it. I don't expect you to put up a long piece or, or anything. But if you can just hit that share button, the retweet, Wherever you're at, however you can share our stuff, please, please share it because that is an absolute boom to our business. Oh, yeah. So, 
And uh, I will be setting up a Patreon for those that want to donate to the channel. I don't expect anybody, and I don't have any specific prices set yet. Um, we, but that is how we're going to get to the deck. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how you're going to get that. That's what's that's what the Patreon is going to be. It's going to get you the behind the scenes stuff, extra extra shows like the deck and things of that nature. So if you want to help fund those and help create more content. Please, I'll, I will get the Patreon up here shortly and get that link sent out to everywhere. That is, uh, that's my natural I, Yeah, it really is. I, I think that y'all will really, really like the deck if we can get that all. I, I don't want to go too much into it again because yeah. we don't have all the details worked out. Really but I really think out. y'all would enjoy that show. If y'all enjoy this, y'all should see the behind-the-scenes stuff. So make sure you go to Patreon and, and, and give a donation there. I mean, even a dollar a month. That's going to be I mean, I'll take, yeah, you just gotta be eighteen plus. But again, I mean, even if even if you can only afford a dollar a month, I will take it. If I can just get, like I said, a thousand people to give me a dollar a month, I'd be happy. I can I can make that work, you know. <laughs> but hey. you know, that's not really the main goal. It's again, that's not just to put money in my pocket. That's also so that we can get Dylan here, maybe a full time position, and maybe get some money in his pocket. We can do more shows together. And I can get more co-hosts. I can get more editors. I can okay, get more producers. And yes, you do. You definitely do. <laughs> I need to get you in the studio, bro. We need you in here. And we need to get to the deck. So we need to get you here. But again, we'll get that. But hey, that, there we go. Y'all, we can start a GoFundMe right now. Get Dylan to Denver. Dylan to Denver. GoFundMe. Oh, <laughs> I miss it. No, definitely. I miss going to Chubby's every other night. I mean, every night, but still. Oh, no, I hear you, brother. I hear you. I miss just hanging out, though. We definitely got to get you up here, even if we can't get the fun, get you all the way up here. But, yeah, again, I can get down there. Be out there. I can get down there. Yes, you do. You do. We need you here. So that way we can do this more, more often. I really want to, I really want to get this to – I'm hoping to get a lot of these podcasts to daily. So if y'all can get the donations through, y'all can get the shares through, y'all can get me some income coming through, and we can get this to a daily thing, and maybe we can get Dylan a salary so that we can get him moved up here and get more shows and, and things of that nature. Man, please, again, please. hit the share, hit the likes, hit the Patreon, all that stuff. But again, please, this is, please all of them. But again, for the answer is 42 Network. This is the Breaking Broncos Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Weststein. That is my co-host with the most, Dylan Miles. Again, we love all of you. Thank you all for coming in, interacting, giving us some comments, giving us some likes, shares, tweets. Keep on doing it. Come back again. And always remember, don't question the blue.